Hello, and welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast where we counsel each other on our favorite parts of the best TV show of all time, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. And today we're tackling the 22nd episode in the series, Job Hunting. <clears throat> oh, yes. We kind of go back in time a little with this one in terms of the actual uh, order of filming and the feel and writing of this episode. Um, this one's kind of like a hearkening back to like some of the really early episodes that we talked about uh, many of our episodes back, if you recall, adoring fans, <laughs> Yes. Um, of just how like the tone's a little bit off, the chemistry's not quite there yet, all the way um, characters either say things or look like, you know, have like weird <laughs> issues that don't really fit with like the, what the way the show's going. And it's interesting that this falls right after the flu because the flu, as we mentioned um, last episode, was really, um, it just hits all the notes. It feels like, like you said, you, you might almost sign a contract to say that it was your favorite episode of the first season. Yeah. So I read actually that this one was the second episode produced, which um, you, you can totally tell. And it's interesting because as we get towards the end of the first season, I think you have a lot of like, the flu which is great and they have their personalities and their chemistry and their timing down and then you go back to this and then I think like if you go to back in adult education it's sort of in the middle of those so I think it, it, you kind of see it jumping around especially towards the end of the first season yeah. um but yeah I mean in my notes I wrote that Sophia looks like she just came out of the dryer like her <laughs> hair is crazy like she's like, <laughs> super small so and um we open with Blanche who's in this like it's I don't know what she's wearing, but she's singing and she's, she's not Blanche Devereaux. She's like some she Southern aristocrat. Like she's not. She is wearing like nothing that you would wear in a kitchen unless you were moving <laughs> through the kitchen to leave to a ball and, or like, it, yeah. it's just, it's really bizarre. And yeah, she's singing sweet Kentucky babe. And it just like goes on way too long. <laughs> yeah. And I wrote that the comedy is, is pretty weak in this one. It's very like standard sitcom timing writing, like, which yeah, is yeah. not what this show does. Right. I think that's why it's so good because there's usually like, a joke and then another joke and then the big joke this episode does not have that <laughs> no yeah it's all weird peppered one there's a whole weird bit about like Sophia's they're trying to make it funny where like <laughs> Dorothy says get get Rose a glass of water and she's like oh my god where's the water and it's like it's just like a 30 to 40 second bit and it's not like the the timing or I, I not the timing but I would say like the feel of Sophia sort of being it like antagonizing her daughter for something supposedly stupid that she said is there but like the actual material they're using is like no guys this isn't working like just kill it right now yeah it's close <laughs> like, you can see they're getting there like Sophia yeah. would be like oh my god this is not what she needs but it right. yeah, it doesn't work at all um so Rose comes in and she's like oh also wait sorry to go back there's so many clips from the beginning sequence pulled from this episode yeah absolutely this is exactly. the especially the pillows, you know. Yeah, and um, the virgin little at a slumber party radio. scene. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Boy, oh, yeah. that's pretty jumpy. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I mean, that one is really good. It's actually it, it, like there are a bunch of those one-off sitcom lines that actually do work here. But but yeah, you're right. This I mean, of course, the second one produced, like this is how they made the opening sequence, of course. Right. Um so Rose comes in, I guess like we should uh start with when rose walks in she's super sad and depressed and you know like she's just like doesn't know what she's gonna do um because the grief counseling center has closed um mm -hmm. and it's interesting that she starts as a grief counselor uh in this one because 
there's a couple pieces of this episode that do come up later like she ends up being a grief counselor much later on and the age discrimination thing obviously um is a yeah. whole episode later on so they they have yeah, some good it's ideas interesting that they decided to revisit it right like that they i i just thought that that is very fascinating it's almost like it's just like hearkening to to the future mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> they, do they haven't quite gotten there <laughs> yeah they do they're like it's like new writers and they're like i can cover that better yeah <laughs> <laughs> Enrique Moss. Oh, exactly, exactly. Um, I always think it's it's fascinating from the perspective of like in the beginning of the episode. Of course, Rose isn't concerned, and Dorothy is very concerned. We already talked about you know Dorothy's like hearkening to uh, living in the Reagan era <laughs> during the robbery. Um, you know when they actually have uh, you know massive unemployment and all this kind of stuff. So she's like channeling that kind of Dorothy concern here, right? She's like, Rose, we, you know, we rent, like, you and I, she put, you know, she puts them in the same boat, like, and she really gives her, like, stern pep talks this whole time. And it's funny, because in the beginning, you know, Rose is like, there's always a job for people who aren't afraid of hard work. And I was like, oh, my God. Now, if that isn't a Republican talking point. Yeah. (laughs) It's very, like, it's, it's, um, the theme of the episode is, pretty universal you know and and i think like job loss is scary but job loss in your 50s is terrifying because even now like who's gonna hire somebody who's you know well into their career it's a very relatable fear i think um so and and it's also very on brand for rose to be so conflict avoidant um to like or to even feel the the fear of not having a job like we saw Mm -hmm. like Kirsten, you know, she told Kirsten that she was super wealthy. She's she's afraid of losing anything she has. So, like, she would deny it even to herself, I think. Exactly. And what it says about her, right? And, like, that she can't make it and she hides it from, you know, her best friends. Like, why didn't you tell me, <laughs> you know? Like, it's it actually, I, it actually is a very good reveal. I like it a lot because, like, she is being you know, the audience goes along with it in the very beginning being like, you are being kind of ridiculous. Like, you can be positive and upbeat and say, yeah, I'll get a job, but you actually have to fucking do it, man. (laughs) You can't can't just be, like, volunteering. And I also think that, you know, with the having a job that is so tied into doing good that I think, you know, again, we've mentioned before, like, you and I both work in the nonprofit field, and I think it's such a real thing to say like, all right, well, I'm not getting paid for this, or I, you know, this is like technically outside of my jurisdiction, but I'm going to use my own time um, and not be compensated for it. And like sort of volunteer at a job that really should be where my salary is coming from. (laughs) And we see Rose go berserk and she's just like, well, I have to serve these people somehow. Like, I guess I have to do it for free in my house without consulting my roommates (laughs) day or night. As Dear friend Milton. (laughs) Yeah, you have no kitten. You have a phone call. but i mean again dorothy is so fierce talk about like the rough around the edges like characters right second one produced like dorothy is just like all like intensity and anger and being like you're being an idiot yeah (laughs) which like serves a purpose here but like there's a softer side of dorothy's warback that we do not have like there's no round edges of this character yet they're all sharp no Um, and rose is so so rose is even more like cotton candy bubble headed like when she's like why yeah. oh why can't grief take a holiday it's so I know. it's like it's, 
too much. Um, I know. And the, you know what? This one, I guess the B story is very click, but it is so weak. Um, but but yeah. it, it Dorothy again is like not herself at all. She's like, yeah. When she finds out Barry Glick is gay, she's like cool with it and and is going to continue seeing yeah. it, which is on which is you know what we would expect her to do. But it's just she's not funny about it, right? Like there's no there's no B Arthur brilliance yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, also again, I think the writing's kind of weak on it, right? Like it's just like you know Barry Glick's gay. How did I forget how she reveals it? Um, because was, it, uh... Rose or one of them is like, "Are you going to see him again?" And then yeah. I think Blanche asks, like, you know, where you're something oh was he yeah. yeah it was the fantasy a reality yeah. kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and even- but yeah it's like not it doesn't deliver in the same way that they would write it later in the series they would have like a really funny build-up or like some funny reveal and like yeah it would be much much more of a thing yeah it kind of passes unnoticed but rose deciding to see these clients or whatever you would say like in her free time is <laughs> is something that i think is very true to her character yeah. um and like having you know one of them come and and sit on their lanai to wait for her like, like <laughs> oh, my oh my god wait also like when they're they're gonna i think it's after that and they're gonna confront rose um sophia is like sitting in the back of the living room with a lamp you know and she's like yes. turning it off and then it's it looks like a she low is sitting in the dark yes, it's like a low budget play like she turns off the light and she just like fades out it's <laughs> she's sitting in the dark in her coat and it's never explained. <laughs> she just goes, Ma, why are you sitting there in the dark? That's it. And th- th- nothing else. <laughs> I just, <laughs> it's actually like more funny than it really should be, only because we know that they don't like keep loose ends that way, unless it's like a really good joke. <laughs> it just makes no sense. <laughs> oh, I do love it. Um, but yeah, there's there's such a collection of things. I just want to focus more on how off this episode is sometimes. Like, it's just, I think Dorothy says, How are you, sweet mother? <laughs> God. <laughs> which like even if she's sort of being like a little goofy like that doesn't really work it's just very strange um and <laughs> i guess this isn't necessarily like off off but like i love that rose goes we can't drink plain milk it's disgusting <laughs> like the, <laughs> but i just it just struck me as strange like she wouldn't have that fierce of a conviction about plain milk and in fact plain milk is like kind of what rose nyland would drink yeah she's a from a dairy farm <laughs> Oh, yeah. And then, you know, spoiler. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then sort of, you know, spoiler alert at the end when she gets a a job as a waitress at a coffee shop, which, by the way, I love that coffee shop means nothing close to like what we mean today, like a Starbucks, (laughs) you know, and she's like so excited. like It's never mentioned at all. Like there's, you know, they talk about how ridiculous it is and that's it. Yeah. And um, I mean, they're the one of the lines is um when blanche is like you're not exactly mary lou retton i love that um yeah. and i actually feel like the scene in rose's room when they're like talking about like they're basically like you have to it's after she reveals that she's been looking and she's yeah. you know upset um and they're like the slumber yes, party yes exactly like you have to face this um that feels more on brand and, and more in sync um, especially when Dorothy's yeah. like, you know, so am I, so is Blanche. And then she's like, you're a thicker oh, yeah. around the middle. So is Blanche. And so is Blanche. And McClanahan's reaction to that <laughs> is perfect. Like, it is the physical no, comedy. Great. It is, like, the ability to say, like, to steal a scene without a line. Yes. She nails it. Exactly. 
And this, this, that's the best scene in the entire um, episode because I think it does feel true to these characters. And even though Dorothy, again, like I said, is being really intense and sort of admonishing Rose for like, like you know, pick, pick up your shit. Like, what did you do after Charlie died? You know, I buried him. <laughs> just like, she's like, no, she's just coaching her through. I think that that re- rings very true for the Dorothy character. She's here to like kind of save them and be sort of that tough love, uh, you know, piece of the, the, the trio there. Yeah, and and it is, um, like, the message of what do you do when you have to start getting your life together, either after you lose your job or, you know, obviously this is a much yeah. bigger thing, but after you your husband dies, like... Your husband is dead. <laughs> yeah, like... It's, like, really harsh. Very. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, that idea that, like, eventually you have to get up and start again and, like, how yes. do you do that? I think that's, that's a really powerful conversation. Um, right. I mean, it's a metaphor for really any challenge in life, but this this particular one is really fascinating. But the way that they solve for this oh. is questionable <laughs> because literally they go through this resume and they're like, it stinks. And then they brush it up by being like, okay, a home ec major, okay, six months at St. Paul's Business School. Okay, six months. All right, whatever. Did you get a degree? I don't know. This isn't like 1920, <laughs> yeah. right? Where you just like roll into town and you say, hey, I used to sell stuff back in <laughs> Omaha. Um, 32 years of marriage, 32 years with the same employer, grief counselor, cheese making, stamp collecting, and Viking history. And they're like, yep, hospital administrator. And I'm like, I would love to live in this land right it's now. So- just give me a chance, man. It's crazy that she's going from... A uh, grief counselor, an unlicensed grief counselor, you know, yes. to, and then. Who, by the way, is breaking confidentiality for clients left and right throughout the whole episode. <laughs> Despondent, depressed, deported, I know. <laughs> Rip it up. Um, but it's crazy that her options, like, at one point she was trying to be a hospital administrator, which is, like, even at this time, probably a six-figure salary job. And then Absolutely. she ends up being a coffee shop waitress, which, as you mentioned, is, like, essentially a diner waitress. Like, yeah, what a exactly. range. I know. <laughs> I guess if you're white, you can do anything. <laughs> um, it's just, oh, my God. But, yeah, it's it just kind of that that part makes me sad because even if it was more realistic like we'll just give her a chance she seems nice um at this at this stage which as you mentioned is not it's probably six figure really intense job this is not like assistant to the administrator or a candy right. striper okay like this is a, a or a candy striper which she does later this is <laughs> Yes, exactly, exactly. But like, this is not even close to uh, what the reality would be here. And so it does, it does take away from the actual message of the storyline, which you said is very relatable for anybody, but particularly for this later stage in life. Like these are women from a generation where you would have essentially either if you were just a housewife, there you go. Um, and I, you know, not just a housewife, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but not with like a resume. Betty Friedan. Yeah. Um, or, <laughs> yeah, exactly. but if you you know if you actually did have a job like it would chances are it would be like with the same employer for a long long time you know or you would have a a job like Dorothy has where it's like the same exact thread throughout um with many different school systems etc yeah yeah definitely and um like the scene in Rose's bedroom like bleeding into the scene in the kitchen I think they do that works i think the the kitchen dynamic and walking into the kitchen when um dorothy's like are you still at the rodeo and blanche is like all hyped up <laughs> um yeah. actually rue mcclanahan in spite of the fact that in the beginning she's singing that weird song she i think right. 
does a great job with this one. Um, there's that one. And then there's the story of telling um, when she lost her virginity and she's like, Billy or Bobby or was it Ben? <laughs> yeah. She's like, oh, let's start with a B. Like, it's so, it's so perfect. And this is, I think it's the gin. Yeah, exactly. And the South we mature faster. I think it's the heat. <laughs> Dorothy, I think it's the gin. Another wonderful, memeable, yes. memeable uh, yes. moment that I love, of course. Um, also, the amount of food that in that cheesecake scene that they take out is comical. Like, it's just the entire contents of their refrigerator. Yeah. They're still kind of getting the groove of like what they would do, <laughs> you know. Um, and they're eating. I, I noticed they're also eating off of wooden spoons, but like mini versions <laughs> of sauce stirring spoons. <laughs> they're really bizarre. It's kind of like they were like, ah, shit, what do we have on set? You know, it's like they, they didn't have the drawers full of the kitchen uh, at this Yeah, time. the girls and their relationship bizarre. to food um, and like diet culture is kind of a running theme um, through the whole series. Yeah. And um, this, I think, uh, misses the mark <laughs> quite a bit, but the Blanche and Milton and how Milton only dates fat <laughs> women and so he's like, <laughs> I know, which also the thicker around the middle comment that we mentioned earlier, like, definitely plays into that line. Like, I don't know if that was accidental or not, but it works really well. Um, But yeah, it's it's obviously laughable, and it's, like, still, I don't know, it it just feels off because you're just like, this show can do way better than that, right? Like, a joke about, like, this super thin woman being, like, plump enough for this guy to have a fetish about it. Like, it's ridiculous. But you know what does um, land here is this is the narrative of Dorothy getting pregnant that sticks. Like, when she's talking about how, like... You know, it, only, right. it always happened to it always seemed to happen before she was in the room and like it took like two minutes <laughs> it took <Yeah>. three seconds <laughs> three seconds that was that's the other funny thing it's three seconds not two minutes <laughs> he was being shipped off to war and it would mean so much <laughs> i know i know oh speaking of other storylines that keep coming back around and that they keep covering the whole bulls and the horses, oh my god like and like <laughs> tough act to follow <laughs> hey don't <laughs> It's not the only time they have a combo about a bull's penis being compared to a no. man's. Like, it's very strange. <laughs> you know what's interesting, too, is I noted that um, they keep a lot of that conversation, but when this episode re-airs on TV, like, when it would re-air on Lifetime, and, and I think on Logo, too, they cut out the part where Blanche says, tough act to follow, and I don't know if it's just, like, for time. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's actually, as you mentioned, like how Rue McClanahan does a really good job with like the character here. The way she says tough act to follow is like a definitely like the in joke between her and Dorothy when they're speaking on a level that like Rose can't yeah. really comprehend. <laughs> it's like that perfect like exchange that usually is a look, but sometimes is a comment like in this case. So that is fascinating. I wonder. A little too, a little too, uh, you know, too nuanced, for, yeah. uh, for the viewers. <laughs> um, I guess. So. And you know what? So, so Rose ends up taking this, um, this job as a, a waitress, you know, kind of like she stumbles in essentially to this place. Um, yeah. But I, I wrote that like, it's actually super courageous and admirable to drop your ego when you're, I mean, when you're interviewing yeah. maybe uh, a little bit out of place for a hospital administrator role, but just to be willing to take any job that's going to pay you. But um, Blanche's yes. reaction to it is like a gritty, grimy <laughs> gruel of work. Like it's so, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> a little harsh. <laughs> exactly service well the worst that can happen is she'll get scratched by a pinky yeah. ring which is also like what is that about like i can't even i don't yeah. even know i really don't even know um but yeah no it, it's very true like in the, so yeah in one one sense for a hospital administrator a little bit out of your league pal 
but like it is it is admirable and i know that you've done this and i've done this too where it's just like no i mean like i'm i'm not like below this i i have to pay the bills and this is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna do whatever i can to to make it happen which of course is like not where dorothy and blanche think that rose is going in the very beginning of the of the uh, episode right they think that she's being like oh it'll be fine i'll get the same thing but she is hustling like she this example of hustling for anything she's like there's nothing out there so i yeah i that's a really good point <laughs> she's like sure a gritty grimy coffee shop where i get scratched by a pinky <laughs> ring yeah no i i love it and i think you know another thing i think this episode um misses a little bit but but had the opportunity to do is when rose confesses that she's been looking and she's like she says yeah. i'm terrified and runs back to her room and i wish that she didn't yeah. say that part because i feel like blanche and dorothy were figuring it out and would have responded regardless and i think it could have been yeah. an opportunity to like you know have the friendship rise to the level of like knowing what your friend needs obviously like it was early production and um whatever yeah, but right. i they do they do rise to the occasion but i think uh, you know give them yeah. some credit that they would have figured it out exactly exactly it's true it's like a more nuanced view yeah. of friendship right as opposed to this like i need your help it was not what you thought <laughs> oh okay. yeah exactly <laughs> and again like Dorothy being like super harsh but yeah i mean they still have really good elements of like how they would react in later episodes so i think as bizarre as this episode is like i you know it's it's pretty okay like again if this is one of the worst ones this show is fucking magnificent as oh it is i can't wait for enrique mas <laughs> <laughs> we got a while before he shows up uh slash also shows up as kid pepe um you know it's a lot of a lot of repeats Ooh. here um awesome all right well join us next time when we're going to discuss the tragedies of both going blind and parting with bobby hole's hockey stick <laughs> take care everybody